Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim continues his message from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, entitled, You, When the Days Become Perilous. The greatest treasure you have is a copy of God's Word in a language that you can read and understand and study. As the last days become more and more perilous, you will need the help found in the Bible, and you will need the tools that God gives you to face those days and its struggles. Here's Pastor Tim. And so two things that Paul has done in telling him about this expectation that's coming. Number one, he tells Timothy that he can look back on some personal incidents. He can look backwards on some personal incidents. For example, look with me where we left off in verse number 11. He says, you've carefully followed all these things in my life. All these things, Paul says, that I have mentored and modeled for you. But then when he talks about the persecutions and the afflictions, he says, these are things which happened to me. These are personal. You know, don't, don't get the idea that persecution is not personal. It is. It's always personal. The afflictions, that it will feel personal. He says, these are things that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. You know, it's not just the place, is it? You know, Paul could said he, he could have said, "Man, I'm I'm suffering all these all these problems in Antioch. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave Antioch and all these problems. I'm going to Iconium. It's going to be better over there. Grass is going to be greener in Lystra than it is in Iconium." And it's like the guy that decided that he would move because he heard that most accidents happen within five miles of of your house. So you know, anyway. That's neither here nor there. So it's not about where Paul lives. It's not about where Paul ministers. No matter where he goes, people are people. No matter where he goes, the problems are still going to be the same kind of problems. And those incidents that happen to Paul are similar incidents that are going to happen to Timothy. And he says, these things happen to me. And he says, look at this, how he finishes that sentence there in verse number 11. He says, what persecutions I endured. It's incredible, isn't it? For Paul to go through and, and for that Corinthian church and begin to list all of these things that he suffered. It's incredible. So Timothy can look back on those personal incidents, but he can also look ahead to a promising inference. There's an inference here that I think that Timothy can make about Paul's life that Paul says specifically about himself. And it's also an inference that I think that you can make in the Scriptures as you look at it as well. After Paul says, what persecutions, look at the last word, that I endured. I endured all these things. What's he telling him? Not only did I endure the persecutions, Timothy, the persecutions are coming. I mean, they are coming. Look at verse 13. I mean, in verse number 12. He says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Persecution is coming, Timothy. But I have endured. And you can endure too. That's the inference. Look at, look at, look at this last sentence at the end of verse number 11. He says, and out of them all... Not, not some, not a few, not many, not even most. He says, out of all of them, 
The Lord delivered me. By the way, it counts the persecution that Paul's enduring as he writes this letter. Where is he? Man, he is sitting in that deep, dark, dank jail cell, chained to two different uh, uh, soldiers, uh, one on each side, and they simply continue to take rotations to keep him. He's headed for execution. And so that would count. He says, even out of what I'm enduring right now, the Lord has delivered me from them all. You may say, well, Tim, I don't know. That doesn't sound like he delivered him if you're about to say he's about to be executed. Is there not a greater deliverance? Is there not a greater deliverance than to step out of this world and into glory? I mean... Don't, don't take it the wrong way. I mean, I don't want nobody to <laughs> take a shot at me or nothing. But at the same time, man, if you're ministering for the Lord and you step out of this life and into the next, what better way to go? Paul has been and is being delivered from every one of these persecutions. And the inference that Timothy can make from that is, if God did that for him, then God can do that for me. Listen. So you've got your good example, right? You've got this, this person that you look to, somebody who models what Christianity really ought to look like in these difficult days. <laughs> what God did for them, God can do for you. You may think that your heroes don't suffer. But they do. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. The fact that you don't see them suffer, the fact that you don't sense that they suffer, should be proof to you that God delivers them out of them all. And if they're your example, then what God can do for them, then God can do for you. Number three. A third tool. God also gave to Timothy a glimpse at evil. So, well, that's a terrible tool. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to use that one. Man, what a, what a great tool because that's, that's the days that he lives in. I mean, the, the day that Timothy is being talked about, you know, these, these perilous, day, perilous times and last days, these are evil days. These are days that are overrun by the God of this age, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air. And Timothy's going to live right in the midst of it. And God gets to open his eyes and give him just a little glimpse of what is to come. It may not be encouraging. It may not be exciting. But it sure is good to have a heads up to the truth, isn't it? Look in verse number 13. But evil men, you know, we hesitate to use that term today, don't we? We don't want to call anybody evil. We want to call them misguided, misunderstood, some other, uh, some other name that just softens it just a little bit. You know, we don't want to call them 18-year-old boy that walks into a school and shoots up a bunch of children. Evil. But that's evil. 
We don't want to talk about the, the person who so crudely talks about your Lord with jokes and with comments, turning the name of your Savior into an expletive. Maybe you don't want to call him evil, but it's still evil. God's given Timothy a little glimpse. He says, evil men and imposters. What does that tell you? That tells you that these are evil men who pretend to be righteous men. These are men who, 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 who act as if they're on Christ's side, on God's side, who simply are not. Evil men and imposters. Notice what he says. He says, they will grow worse and worse. So they, there is going to be a multiplication of them. But where they're going is farther and farther away from the Lord. That's why he says that they are worse and worse. It's, it's just like you see in society where, where now we talk about things. Publicly, that you would never, some in your generation would never have assumed that we would ever talk about or would ever be said out loud. But things that are in hushed tones today will be public talk tomorrow. The things that this generation says, it can't get any worse. <laughs> yes, it can. It absolutely can. But know this. The devil and those evil men are on a chain. They're on God's chain. And so when we say that God gave Timothy a glimpse at evil, there are two things that God did for him in that glimpse. Number one is to disclose their limited progress. So yes, there are going to be evil men and imposters that are going to continue to rise up. And their doctrine is going to get worse and worse and worse. Farther and farther and farther from biblical truth. But this is why you need to go back to verse number 9. They will progress no further. They're on a chain. Now, I mentioned this to you when we got into that passage just a few weeks ago. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know why God gives them a leash. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't know why Satan's going to be let out of the bottomless pit. I don't know. I don't understand that. That's not in my purview, is it? God didn't ask my opinion, and he's certainly not going to consult me on whether that's a good idea or not. That's what he's going to do. He has decided to give these people a length and allow them to go just so far. If I have to guess, my guess would be that even though they are evil and imposters, that God still loves them. God still longs for them to repent. If we use that word implore from this morning, that He still implores them through us to be saved. He only lets them go so far. God discloses their limited progress, but then number two, God divulges their lying practices. 
They're lying practices. Look as, look as verse number 13 concludes. He says, these evil men, these imposters who grow worse and worse, he says, look at what they're doing. They are deceiving and they are being deceived. Just as we talked about the men back from verse number 6, the men of this sort, it's not just that they are charlatans. You know, it's not that they're snake oil salesmen. You know, trying to, trying to sell some tonic that they know doesn't work and then hightail it out of town before everybody can figure it out. These are people who are convinced. They are convinced that a lie is the truth. They are convinced that Jesus is not who He claimed to be. That Jesus did not do what He claimed to do. These are people who are convinced that they can earn their way to heaven. And so themselves being deceived, they become evangelists for a lie. And then they turn around and they deceive others as well. Some of them like the gullible people in verse number 6. Some of them just ordinary people who just don't know. God gives him a glimpse at evil. It's not necessarily a good tool, but it's a tool. All right? Let me give you one more. God gave Timothy a great exhortation. He gave Timothy a great exhortation. You know, the, this passage began in verse number 10 by Paul saying, But you, these last days are coming. These perilous times are coming. These attributes of men are coming. These deceivers are coming. They're only going to go so far, but they're still coming. But you have carefully followed, and then all those things that we've read up to this point. Then you get to verse number 14, and he goes right back to that same transition, says this, but as for you, if your, um, if your translation is like mine, the words as and for in italics, now, we've mentioned this before, that in your Bible, uh, to italicize words doesn't mean that you emphasize them. So, it's not that you read it, but as for you, you know, this is, that's not what the italics are there for. The italics are there because they're not there in, the, in that original language. Instead, they're there to help the sentence make sense for us. So, what Paul says literally in verse number 10 is really the same thing that he's saying in verse number 14. But you, in these last days... But you, turning his attention one more time, Timothy, this is something specific for the Christian, for the minister who lives in the last days in an anti-Christian society. You, this is who you are to be. So the exhortation that comes to Timothy is the exhortation that comes to you. This is how you are to live. All right, three things. Number one. Maintain your stability. Maintain your stability. He says, but as for you, continue. Continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Continue in those things. If, if you go back to this list that began in verse number 10 that starts with doctrine and ends with afflictions. Continue where you are. 
If you are enduring, continue to endure. As you thrive, continue to thrive. Maintain the stability that you have in Christ because the world is going to be shaky. The world is not going to find stability. It can't. If it can't come to the truth, it can't come to stability. And so what he's saying is, Timothy, you have found ground to stand on, and to stand firm, plant your feet, Get your cord ready and stand firm. Maintain your stability. Number two, meditate on the Scriptures. Meditate on the Scriptures. When he says, knowing from whom you have learned them, the them is the doctrine, the faith, all of that that we had talked about before. But where does Timothy learn these things from? Notice what verse number 15 says. That from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. It's the Scriptures. It's the Bible that is true. It's the Bible that is sufficient. It's the Bible that, that helps you to maintain your stability. And so that's what you meditate on. There is no shortcut to maturity. That's what the people in verse number 6 are looking for. They're looking for a shortcut. But there's no shortcut to maturity, no shortcut to discipleship. Every day you spend time with God and His Word. Every day you're meditating on those holy scriptures. Why is vacation Bible school important? Because in verse number 15 it says, From childhood you've known the holy scriptures. What a difference it makes. In the life of a child who's grown up in church, believing the Bible, to one who comes in later on as an adult. Sage mentioned it earlier today. Being saved at 13, he didn't have the background. He didn't have the, the, the basis that some of these children have had all this week. From childhood, you've known them. Now, Timothy, I mean, Paul didn't know Timothy when he was a child, did he? Paul met Timothy on his second missionary journey on his trip into Lystra. So how did Timothy know the Holy Scriptures from childhood? From his mother and from his grandmother. Nothing beats a godly parent and a godly grandparent who teaches children and grandchildren the Bible. The best thing that you can do for your little ones is to teach them to love God and to love His Word. If you do that, you are successful as a parent. All right? In my opinion. So three things we said. When God gives Timothy this exhortation that He also gives to you. Maintain your stability. Meditate on the Scriptures. And then thirdly, make sure of your salvation. He says, from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. What's this book for? It's the revelation of who God is, right? It's the revelation of who we are. It's the revelation of how a person can get to Christ. It's right here. This is a book about salvation. 
If you want to know how to be saved, you might, you might stumble upon it by somebody else or, or in some other book, but it's always going to come back to the Bible. God's given you everything that you need so that you can be made right with Him. But I'll tell you something. In these last days, as times become more and more perilous, this book becomes more and more precious. Let's pray. Jesus, we're grateful for the glimpse that you do give to us. I mean, we can, we can see it. It doesn't take a genius to, to look at our world and see that we're in a tailspin. But at the same time, you confirm that in your word already. We know what to expect. And you've given us tools to fight that and to navigate it and to live it. Father, I pray that every day as we open your word, that you would meet with us, that your spirit would apply those passages directly to our hearts, to our lives, to our mind, that, that we, would, we would go back to the discipline of memorizing and learning your word, that your spirit might have something to draw on. Father, we pray your blessings over every person who's trying to live a godly life in this ungodly world. Help them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This year at Brit David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.